This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Adele, and today's episode is day six of Wayne Dyer Week. Today, as you've heard me share before, I'm going to cover why you cannot solve a problem with the same mind you use to create it. So this can't be really a foreign concept to you. You may have heard this before, but might not truly understand what it means. My goal today is to shine some light on my interpretation, my perception of what this actually does mean. At the most basic level, think about it for just a second. You create a problem right now in your present day life. Whatever that would be. Let's say it's you're driving right now and you get a flat tire. You did that by running over a nail, which you saw as you were driving, but didn't get out of the way quickly enough. You created that problem. So the fact you'd have to pull over to the side of the road, open the trunk of your car, pull out the spare tire, pull out the jack, lay down on the side of a busy road, jack your car up, take off the old rim and tire, put on the new one, you would have had to have learned something about yourself. You would have literally had to evolve. You would have had to take more steps in order to achieve what you had needed to achieve in order to get back on the road. By the nature of that, you you would have evolved. So you couldn't have solved that problem without additional action. So you would have had to progress. But I digress for just a moment, right? That's high level. And I might even go off on a slight tangent and take this to a higher level. right? Because any problem can be resolved with a spiritual solution. You know, I don't know if you've read yet A Course in Miracles. If you haven't, I heavily encourage you to go out and buy it. It's an incredible book. See, in that book, there's somewhere along one of the passages, and I might might beat this up a little bit. But there's a suggestion that you don't have a problem. You only think that you do. Right? Like, you think there's a problem, but once you think you do, you can create thoughts to move through it. Even if we want to get biblical with it, right? The opening lines of the Torah, as well as Genesis in the Bible state, God created heaven and earth. And later, all that God created was good. If you interpret those words literally, it's quite clear that the problems are impossible. If God created everything and all that God created was good, bad does not exist then. Right? The source didn't create something bad. It only created infinite possibilities and good. But then I understand right now you'd be saying, well, but disease, disharmony, despair, and so on, they all appear and they seem to exist and almost run rampant in our world today. I don't disagree with that. But so much of what happens when we feel separated from our sacred center, it's easy to believe so strongly in the separation that we explain as unpleasantness and a problem. But if you focus truly and just diligently in the world of the spirit or God or a higher power or universal oneness or the source, whatever you'd like to say, problems simply don't exist and they aren't real. But what happens is for most of us, our spiritual connection, our ability to plug into that source becomes frayed over the years and we begin to doubt it. When your spiritual connection ends up being weak, you move away from the world of spirit and the problems come from your belief in separation, which also comes from the labels that we create to 
elicit separation. You see, your mind ultimately creates the illusion of separation and your body, which is ultimately influenced by your ego's thoughts, takes on these disease. Your body ends up taking on the same separation sickness and then we have a whole other string of events that we call social sickness and social problems. All of these so-called problems, however, represent a spiritual deficit that can be remedied with a spiritual solution. Think of it this way. If you change your mind, you would ultimately solve your problem. So if it's really just that easy, right? let's assume, just humor me for a moment, that it is just that easy to impact change. Then the question you would have is, how do you change your mind? To go down that path, could you accept the idea that it's your belief in your separation from the source that creates the attitude that you label a problem? Could you explore this idea that what you're calling problems are simply illusions or mistakes of your intellect? If the source or God is everywhere, then there's no place that the source or God is not. Therefore, you have it with you at all times. I understand right now you might believe otherwise. You could be an atheist assuming that none of this is true whatsoever. I love you just the same for it. I think we would be foolish to say there's not something greater going on than we can understand. Because how did we all get here? How are all the universes that exist? You see, it's this belief system that can create your so-called problems. If you can bring truth to the presence of illusions, then they will eventually dissolve. Just as you know that 3 plus 3 equals 6 is true, and that 3 plus 3 equals 10 is untrue. By bringing truth to the presence of arithmetic and its errors, it simply seems to dissolve. This ultimately could hold true, too, to all your beliefs that create the problems. You just have to tap into the higher energy of truth to set them free. I mean, think about it. Light always dissolves darkness. Love always nullifies hate. Spirit always cancels out problems. Problems exist as beliefs of the ego mind, which is unable to conceptualize an awareness of your spiritual mind, just as dark has no concept of light. See, if you were actually to begin to rewrite your agreement with reality, you can change your mind and send it away in any perceived problem. Simply change your attitude to, towards yourself and begin to resolve to believe in your connectedness to the higher energy of a higher power, even in the darkest of circumstances. If you began to turn anything that seems problematic over to your higher self, trusting that the problem is not what it seems to be, well, that would allow you to start to rewrite your agreement about who you are and what you're capable of achieving. Now, I fully understand, as I'm sharing this, this has got to sound like some far-out woo-woo stuff. Right, how in the world can I go from, on one hand, talking about biohacking, photobiomodulation, blue light blocking glasses, easy water creation, how can I go from that, right, truly scientific, like, that is a one-in-one-equals-two environment. 
into this far-reaching left kind of metaphysics, can't put a definition on anything world. From where I sit, I have decided in my own life that I am the creator or the orchestrator of my own reality. And from that very standpoint of mindset, why wouldn't I want to have access to both? Why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't I embody both? Why can't I use both to leverage what they're good for and help propel me to new heights that I previously hadn't been able to recognize? You see, all that's part of what I'll call my new agreement with reality. See, I understand that my thoughts are the source of virtually everything that exists in my life. Every relationship that I have is something that I carry around with me. I know that if a relationship is lousy, it's because I think it to be that way. You see, the person that I would be in a relationship with isn't with me in the moment or when I'm at work or when I'm in the bathroom, but my thoughts about that person always would be. The only way you can truly experience another person is in your mind, in your thoughts. You can't ever get behind their eyeballs as far as I know. You can't ever truly be them. You can only process them with your thoughts in your mind. If you find yourself looking for what's wrong with them and you store that negative image in your mind, then that's exactly where your relationship will continue to exist. If you change your thoughts, no matter how difficult, into truly what you love about those people, rather than what you label to be wrong, then you've just changed your entire view of the relationship with that individual. It literally just went from lousy to great by changing your mind. How crazy is that? It's just your own perception of reality. I'd encourage you to try to always remember that you carry every relationship around with you in your head. You experience everything and everyone in your thoughts. If you change your thoughts, you change what you carry around in your head as a problem. The world is just the way that it is. The economy is just as it should be in this moment. The people who you might perceive to be quote unquote behaving badly in the world are doing what they're supposed to be doing. You can process it any way that you choose. You see, what I found is if you're filled with anger about all those problems, you're actually one more person who's contributing to the pollution of anger. Which all goes back to, you can only give what you have. So you have anger inside of you, so you give it to someone else and you get more back in return of what you put out, which is more anger. The desire to do something about the lowest energies will motivate you to be more loving, more feeling, more peaceful. And in doing so, you may influence those who are furthest removed from the source and return them to their highest being. If you have this new agreement with yourself to always stay connected to the spirit, to God, to a source, to a higher power, even when it seems to be the most difficult, your body will be designed to slowly turn disease over to the source. And you can do that through treating your body well with regular exercise, healthy food, large amounts of pure water, plenty of rest. All these things in my mind create a container that's the most efficient to let the spirit, source, God, higher power all flow through. 
Your new agreement with the reality in which you've blended your physical self and your personality with your spiritual God-connected self will begin to radiate a higher energy of love and light. Wherever you go, others will experience the glow of your God-consciousness. And it will help move away disorder, disharmony, and a manner of problems simply will not flourish in your presence. You become a mystical being by simply changing your mind from one that created the experience of problems to one that creates resolutions to the problems. You see, what, what I believe there to be is actually three separate levels of consciousness. Now, this is just my belief. I don't know if it's true or not. This is, like I said, something that helps me put more labels on things, which helps me understand them and define them to keep me more safe, right? This whole pattern-based lifestyle. You see, throughout your life right now, you could measure yourself on the following three levels of consciousness. Few of us, if any of us, ever stay at one level all the time. I'm going to present these to you potentially from what I view to be the lowest level up to the highest level. The first level, as I would itemize it, is ego consciousness. Your ego consciousness primarily emphasizes your personality and your body. There's an extremely strong belief in your separation from everyone else and that everything you'd like to attract in your life and also from God, source, higher power. This attitude that you would be embodying puts you into a state of competing for your share as your job is to get there first. Winning or being number one would be the ultimate most important thing you can do when you live at this level of ego consciousness. You would spend a lot of time measuring your success on the basis of how you stack up against others. If you have more than others, well, then you'd feel better about yourself. Having more money would make you feel better. Accumulating more rewards and prestige would make you feel better. Climbing higher on the corporate ladder would make you feel better. This level of ego consciousness prods you to compete, compare, and conclude that you are the best. So you'd have to concentrate on running faster and looking better than others. At this level of consciousness, all problems exist. This is where inner peace is virtually impossible. And success will always ultimately elude you, be something you're always chasing. This happens because you're always striving to be someplace else other than you are in the moment. In order to walk comfortably along this extra mile, you must tame the ever-demanding, impossible-to-satisfy ego version of yourself. Feelings of despair, anger, hatred, bitterness, stress, they all stem from the ego's anxiety and insistence on living up to external standards. The ego will seldom let you rest and demands more and more and more because it's terrified that you would be called a failure. When you begin to be able to move beyond your ego and make your higher self the dominant force in your life, you begin to feel the contentment and inner glow of peace and success that ultimately characterize that extra mile. So that's, that's that first level of consciousness, that ego-based consciousness. The second level is more of a group consciousness. 
Group consciousness is similar to ego consciousness with the exception that you move past yourself as the center of the focus of your life and you now include others who you're basically members of your tribe or your family as part of the, the collective consciousness. You suppress your individual ego and you join a larger organization, the group ego. Your membership is based upon your family, your heritage, maybe your racial background, potentially your religion, your language, your political affiliation. Anything that defines separatism would ultimately be group consciousness. You're required to think and act like the group in which you've been assigned. You go to war in the same patriotism to kill others who have been conditioned to do the same against you. At the group consciousness level, you're often dedicated to continuing social problems such as war, brutality, religious persecution, even just fighting with other people. But also comes right down to daily living. You know, your family might insist that you adopt their viewpoint, hate whoever they hate, love who they love. You would have blind allegiance to a company that might be making weapons of mass destruction, a concept that you're normally opposed, but you do it anyway because it's quote unquote your job. You see, in short, what the group becomes dictates your identification card as a human being. There was a point in my life not all that long ago where I had that identification card that I held on my chest like a badge of honor. I had said that if I wasn't a part of this group, this group over here of men, these, this group of people beating the drum at the same rapid pace, that if I wasn't one of them, I'd be left to dead. And anybody that was against them had to be wrong in this personal development space. That was just a perception that I had to go through in order to understand really what's possible, which is a third level, which is a mystic consciousness. This level ultimately becomes problem-free consciousness and is distinguished by the feeling of connectedness rather than separateness. At this level of mystical consciousness, you feel connected to every individual, every creature, the entire planet and the source almost at all times. Feeling connected means that you truly sense we are all one and that harm directed towards any other is really harm directed towards yourself. Here, cooperation supplements competition. Hatred is ultimately dissolved by love and sadness is reduced to nothingness with joy. At this level, you're a member of the human race, not a subgroup. Here, you're a nation of the world with global awareness rather than a patriot of any one specific country. See, in this level of mystic consciousness, you won't feel separate from anyone, anything, or the source. You won't be what you have, what you accomplish, or what others think of you. You'll be beloved. You have changed your mind to realize that all is inside of you and you are inside of all. Problems now only become illusions of the mind and no longer have to be carried around with you. It's this place where you can truly begin to live a problem-free existence by changing your thoughts from ego consciousness and group consciousness to a higher level of mysticism. Here, you truly begin to understand what is meant 
when it was said, There is no remedy for love but to love more. Because what happens for most of us in our lives is we just want to be loved. We just want to feel like we belong. We just want to be accepted and heard. We want all these things because at some point during our developmental journey, we didn't receive that level of understanding or appreciation from our parents. Our souls were requiring it, but yet we didn't get it. And so then we go on into school and schools have rivalries, right? There's certain schools and even high school, right? You had a rival high school during all sporting events. Then from that, you went on to college and of course you had rivals in college for college athletics. Then these labels that actually are created to tear us apart continue to go on. Right, All because you didn't get what you needed when you were younger. And all of that begins to define who you are in the present day. But when you can begin to shift your level of consciousness and awareness into the fact that we are all truly one. right? I know when I say that, there's a good chance the me of three years ago would not have understood that. The me of two years ago would not have understood that. The me of one year ago might have been able to consider the possibility of understanding that. And you can be anywhere along that journey. But if you can begin to embody what that really means and how that feels and understand that we're running patterns based off the things we saw when we were younger that we didn't know we couldn't unsee. When you can step back and have that presence of awareness and then you step into and embody the idea and the ideology of being the orchestrator versus the observer, that only comes from being connected to the source and realizing that you and God, whatever that would mean to you, have to be one and the same. Well, from that level, life gets easy. Stress diminishes. Fear dissipates. Pain ends up being a momentary tap on the shoulder lets you know you're still alive. And with that level of creation, understanding, and awareness, it's afforded me the luxury to show up every day and get shit done. 